What's up? Shalom, everybody. This is the Hockey Dudes. Hayden back here with Tom. It's been a while, but we've been some busy gentlemen. Hockey hasn't really been happening. There's still there's been, been no hockey. There's been no hockey. There's been no NHL hockey, we should say. There's still been college hockey. The Gophers are 8-0. Absolutely incredible stretch of college hockey going on with the Gophers. I mean, they are just dominating. Like, that doesn't happen. I told you last night, yes, it's not surprising that Minnesota is back to being their dominant self, but it is weird to see an 8-0 and college hockey team because that just doesn't happen. You just don't have teams that go eight straight wins in hockey. It's just, yeah, it's just hard in general not even just college, but like all levels to just win eight games in a row in hockey because all it takes is like one or two bad bounces, you know? Yeah, yeah. We had a one or two bad bounces real quickly just to get the updates out of the way. The Mako Stronghearts are officially out of the D-League playoffs. Apparently, first round victory was round victory was the goal. was the goal, and it was the result. So, GGS on what was a great session. Hey, it was our it was our goal, and we got it. We went from two and ten to eight and six. We we were the come up. We were the Browns. We were the playoff dub. We were the Browns. We we were we were garbage, and now we're good. Yeah. We did it. We climbed out of the gutter you can't and be mad about a playoff dub against the number one overall didn't team. Have any playoffs. No. Yes. So good on us. We are still looking for a name change. We do not want to be the strong hearts anymore due to reasons. Let's just say there's reasons why we don't want to be the strong hearts anymore. We'll let you guys pick. So send us some nicknames because I got to text my captain. Yeah. Our captain and boss, Dwight, who does it right. I got to let him know what our new team name prospects are, like what, yeah. what we're looking at. So please, if you have any, send us. Uh, follow us at the Hockey Dudes. We have a great episode here today. It's College Football Saturday. That's always good. It's a crew Saturday. So with that, we talked to Luke Greenlobber here, and it was a great conversation. I, at least I talked to him. Um, good talk. Big hockey guy, actually. He has, actually works closely with uh, several Blue Jackets players at his job. Um, and, uh, yeah, a big crew fan. He's also a football guy. He's a football guy and a football guy. And he's, he's also, guy. he's a big sport guy. He's a loyal listener to this podcast. I forgot to mention that during the interview, but he does listen all the time. Text me all the time. He loves the show. He was very happy to get on it. So yeah, with that, Tom, we have a date. I, I don't have the date. A tentative date. January 13th through the 16th. What day is it? Was it the 15th? Somewhere in there, somewhere in that range, but mid-January, yeah, right? The 15th and 16th of January is the tentative start date. For an NHL season, what yeah, is going is to be... Obviously... A, no, go ahead, Tom. 56. 56 games. 56 oh, I was games. Just, I was just going to say, it's. Uh, I, I would assume it's subject to change. Like, it, there's a chance it could change. Like, it be the date be moved or the amount of games be moved? Both. Because I, I don't think they have written it in stone yet that that's when they're starting. I think that's just what they're reporting that they believe will happen. Now, I'm also seeing there are some governors, actually, of states that are upset about the proposed 2021 NHL division realignment. 
I think the Blue Jackets, if you're talking about how our team is getting affected by the division realignment, it's absolutely glorious. Have you looked and processed what teams are going to be the Blue Jackets divisional opponents this year? It, it should, I would say, well, I think we can both agree the Metropolitan is the toughest division in hockey pre-COVID, right? Yes. And we have and one I Metropolitan team. Left, yeah, I think we've kind of left the Metropolitan. <laughs> they just moved us out. They yeah, moved. we went back to the East. They moved us out and they paired us with Minnesota, Nashville, Florida, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Tampa Bay, and Carolina is the one Metro team that came over with us. The only teams I look at and say they are better than the Blue Jackets or might be better than the Blue Jackets are the Lightning and Carolina. The other five teams no chance like we the jackets should absolutely dominate them you know like predators wild panthers uh, I, red wings blackhawks like those are three teams or those are five teams that the blue jackets have performed better in all regular season the last few years and in the playoffs i would, uh, I would completely agree and i would i would say we're i'd say we're pretty even on par with the the hurricanes and you could say we're on par with the lightning too in, in in a head-to-head well they're the stanley cup champs so you just got to rate them number one across the board until proven that they're not the best they are the best and they're in our division and while i do agree like yes obviously like that is the one team i them and the carolina hurricanes are the two teams i talk about there that are to be honest they're the only two actual playoff teams in here like nashville got in technically but they got beat by the Oats, so they were exposed. And then the Wild, Panthers, Red Wings, and Blackhawks, none of them would have made the playoffs last year if it weren't for the extended invitations. And then you yeah. look at the other Eastern Conference division, or the other, I guess, division that it's has Eastern brutal. Conference teams in it. Let me read you. Let me, let me ask you, it's would you brutal. rather play in a division with Carolina, Chicago, Detroit, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and then you got to deal with Tampa Bay. Or would you rather play in a division with Boston, always good, Buffalo, just loaded up with Taylor Hall, the Islanders, always good, the Rangers, who we know what they can do offensively, Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals, and then the Devils are in there as well. Yeah, you don't got to worry about the Devils. And, And tell me if this makes sense. I think you might the Buffalo Sabers might make the postseason no, this year. No, I I think they and will. Not just be, well, not just because they got Taylor Hall, but they're a first half of the season team, and the season's getting cut down by like thirty games. So that plays in their favor. It absolutely does, and you know that's the first thing we talk about too. With the when you talk about your team is. Can the Blue Jackets, are they better on a 56-game stretch or are they better on a full-season stretch? I think when you talk about a team like Buffalo, they always, always start hot the first 20 games. Um, I think they usually die off. Well, I think by the time, if you looked at the Buffalo Sabres the last few years, by the time you get to game 45, by the time you get to midway through the season, they're usually already have settled themselves as below the playoff line, despite starting above the playoff line. So I don't think 
56 games is like the correct range for how the Buffalo Sabres have done in their streak. But the difference is, is they have Taylor Hall. Hopefully he can carry them a little bit more consistently if they can start hot at the beginning of the season. If they can carry that momentum just a little bit longer, maybe stretch it out to 30 games, and then they can just kind of lightly press the gap, you know, lightly hit coast. the break and just coast the rest of the 20 games and just kind of stay above. Yeah, this team should absolutely make the playoffs. But then you talk about how they did add Taylor Hall. This team is a playoff team. I mean, they they were they were tough against the Blue Jackets in almost every time the Blue Jackets have played them. You know, they're just one of those teams there that has Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel, and they have a really good decor and Rasmus Dahlin and Ristolainen. Like, they are a a complete team already in my books, just kind of on the verge of becoming great. And now they did add Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall had every team in the league he could have chosen to go to. He chose the Buffalo Sabres. He chose them because he has a relationship with the coach. He likes the general manager, Kevin Adams, and he wanted to be a part of a winning team. He saw Jack Eichel. He saw Jack Eichel. He saw Jack Eichel. Because Jack Eichel is, Jack Eichel is, I would say one of the most underrated players in the league, just because he's on the Buffalo Sabers and they never really win. But the guy is just abs, just scores night in and night out. And you know he also wanted to play under head coach Ralph Kruger, who's going to be in his second year, I believe, with the Buffalo Sabers. Ralph coached. Taylor Hall in Edmonton. Ralph was an assistant coach with the Oilers back when Taylor Hall was there. And I think in a lot of ways he helped groom, or he may have been the head coach back then. I'm trying to. Well, Taylor's probably hoping this, this, this time around goes better than Edmonton because he got traded out of Edmonton. Yeah, no, and it should. And he's, a, he's a different player. He, he became the Taylor Hall we know as he's when a lot he was older. in. When he was in New Jersey is when he really established his level as being an elite player in this league. Um, And so, yeah, obviously, but good for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm excited for them. Uh, I'm not because they're technically our rival, though. I know I'm not supposed to be the Kraft Mac and Cheese Bowl. But, no, it's good, Tom. It's it's good that we have a date set, 56 games. I don't care how many games it is. It's a regular season, and the Blue Jackets are loaded. They have a chance to... You know, I'd like to see what the Blue Jackets can do in a shortened season like this. We didn't even talk about the all-Canadian division. I think that's going to be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. What team do you think is going to come out of it? Maybe. I mean, I think an easy pick would be the Oilers, but... I'll take a dark horse in the Canucks. Yeah, I was gonna say the Canucks. I was gonna say the Canucks with you too. They, I, uh, I like a lot of the players. I like a lot of players on that team. I think they overperformed in the playoffs, uh, but I also think they underperformed in the regular season. Like, does, does that make sense? Like, I think they should have been better. I was surprised at how like little damage they did they did they did do damage in the western conference this year in the regular season but i thought they would do more and then they overperformed what people expected they would do in the playoffs and it's like this if this is the team you guys can be you guys should win the pacific division straight up correct the pacific division is the weakest 
it doesn't have a a lot of elite teams. They are they yeah, should be elite. that next elite team. Because the if you look at the Pacific Division uh, pre COVID, it was really just Edmonton and San. It was really just Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, Calgary is the one team that should give you fit. Yeah, Calgary is a team that should give you fit, and then Edmonton should be good. But the thing is, Edmonton still isn't deep. They still... Go ahead. I'm pumped for a a lot of Battle of Alberta games. Oh, so many. With pure Canadian division. So many. Yeah, it's going to be great. It is going to be a lot of fun. You're probably going to get teams in the postseason that won't deserve to be because... The talent of this, I think the depth of these seven teams in the Canadian division isn't like great. Like, I don't know if there's necessarily three playoff teams in this division. Assuming that they do the top three in each division get an automatic bid. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess the Leafs are a playoff team. And then I guess you could find two playoff teams between the Oilers, Flames and Canucks, right? Yeah. Are, are they doing just the normal playoff? I assume bracket. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's. I think this is all going to be really cool because it's switching the divisions up. Like, well, at least for like the Blue Jackets, like we're going to be playing a bunch of teams in a division that we typically did not. It's going to be a lot like the old division, though, with the Predators, yeah. the Red Wings, Blackhawks. Yeah, but that was like. Oh, how long? How long ago was that? By, it's like by now, like it's been a bit. Yeah, so almost I mean, a decade, probably, maybe a little less than that. So I mean, the, the the teams are essentially completely different. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just going to be cool to be playing teams we haven't really played over the last ten years. Yeah, you won't have to deal with those night in night out games with like the the Penguins and. The the Capitals and and Flyers. the Flyers, yeah, you won't have to deal with those teams. Um, so I'm confused though. Are are we only gonna play the teams in this division? Is the point of this so that everybody only plays the teams, kind of in their division, much like college football? I like, believe, like no non-conference games. I believe, yeah, I believe so because that they're trying to limit travel. Yeah, because of the cocoa. So I, I I believe you're only playing the eight teams in your division just to eliminate having to travel across country, and because they created the Canadian division because the the border restrictions still. We are super bubbling these divisions, just making a bunch yes, of super bubbles. Um. All right. Well, Tom, little, ba- little baby bubbles. Little baby bubbles. Well, Tom, we got a great interview with Lucas Greenlauber uh, coming up. We'll kick that over to him. But real quickly, I need your best NHL or your best NHL retro jersey, your favorite NHL retro jersey, the worst one, and the most boring one. Um, let me look them up real quick. Okay, I'll go first. I just want to be able to have them all in front of my face before I say something. I'll go first. And I'll say, and, and we won't include the Blue Jackets because I think we both agreed we both like the Blue Jackets, right? We think they did a great job with the red one. 
I do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I've heard like we're on the opposite side of that from a few people, but I like them. All right. For the record, this is probably the hardest question, even though I asked it. It's still like the hardest question because I think 99% of these jerseys are beautiful. Like they're gorgeous. I love almost all of them. Um, but I think my favorite one is the Washington Capitals one because I think that Eagle, first of all, yeah. that just screams Alex Ovechkin, right? Like rookie Alex Ovechkin. And then the blue, red, white, and blue. Yeah, that goal against Dallas. And then that red, white, and blue is just perfect on it. Like it is such a good looking jersey. No, it's crisp. It's crisp. It's crisp as hell. I think it's the one. Um, my favorite. So my, I'm, I got to pick my favorite one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. I really like the Kings. It's got the like '90s uh, Wayne Gretzky logo, but they did the purple and gold. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I know it is. That is a really cool. Jersey. I, I mean, I like. I like the Blues, but they've had that. I feel like it's just the normal jersey that. Like the Blues is really cool. Uh, I just I I I like the Capitals one better, and they essentially did the same thing. Yeah. Now, so that one was we just said our favorites. Um, let me try to think if I can think of what I think is the best one. Oh shoot! Yeah, everybody did so good. I can't pick a best one. I mean, I really like so many of them. The Sabers, I love. The Canadians, I love. Just reversing the red on the blue. That's just so nice. I, I, I like how I like what I was just going to say. I like how the ducks took a big risk and went back to this one. Uh, I know it's a little goofy and like, it's, that was, I just like it. I, I, who cares? Who cares if it's goofy? It's just one time to wear a different Jersey. That's what, was, that's what I was about to say. I, I was like, I just love how the ducks just were like, fuck it. We're going to do, the weirdest thing possible because they like if you look at the ducks they at least did that over where the islanders could have done that with their fishermen but just said no we're just going to give you a normal jersey yeah no the islanders absolutely they are the worst one the islanders and the red wings i i get that the red wings don't have a lot of options and i'm told the silver on the red wings like represents their 11 stanley cups okay whatever red wings they've dropped the ball. They could have done something different. Maybe a black like, jersey. A black Red Wings jersey would have been nasty. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been like uh, 90s to uh, Chicago Bulls, like away jersey. Yeah, that would have been nasty. But no, they did not do that. They just gave a white bed sheet out to their fans. Um, and then the Oilers didn't really do much. I also I, like... I also like the Florida Panthers. Yes. How uh, they I like I don't know, I just like I like the dark blue rather the all red they had. Absolutely. That. Yes, the dark blue, it it just seems it's better. It's better. It just it, it feels better than the red. Yes. I agree. Um gosh, uh, which other one? And then you said the Islanders. Yes, the Islanders should have gone to the Fishermen. 
they should have gone to the fishermen. Um, I, mean, I like because like even even the Rangers went back to like their early two thousands look with the Statue of Liberty and the NYR. So I mean. It's just like the Islanders just had no interest in doing this whatsoever. And I think the Oilers could have done something different too. I would have liked to seen the oil drop back, like the the uh, flying the flying oil drop. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like on a blue and red jersey or a blue and orange jersey instead of the blue and silver, or like yeah, a, yeah. you mix in those colors. I think that would have been awesome because I look at all these jerseys. And they remind me of like NHL 2K5, you know, with Marty Turco on the cover. And because yeah. they're, they're just yeah. all mixed in with the new modern looks, like it's a mix of old and new. And the Oilers basically just went with just like, I don't know, the Oilers could have done better, I think. But yeah, I look across the we board. Also, we I'm, also get to talk about how cool the, like Colorado went to the Nordiques. Yes. Yeah, Colorado going to the Nordiques is obviously so nice. It's such a good look. Um, you saw some other teams throw it back. The the Whalers or the Hurricanes threw it back to the Whalers. I'm getting kind of sick of the Whalers jersey. Yeah, I like I I don't rank them as high because what they've worn them the last like three years for a couple games, so it's it's not like they did anything new. It's a great jersey. The jersey itself is great, but now it's just kind of like they keep doing it. You know what I mean? They just keep doing the it's just it's so it's so far like the Colorado like at least they they got the Nordiques jersey, but it still looks like a Colorado Avalanche jersey with the colors. Like I think it would have been different if the Carolina Hurricanes mixed in their colors with the Hartford Whalers, but no, they just straight up just picked a Hartford Whalers jersey. Just confusing. Yeah, I think it's just the fact. I think it's just the fact that they've done it the last like three or four years. Like, I mean, there's no way they could have predicted that the NHL was going to do a reverse retro kind of thing, but they've just been doing it the last three or four years. So, it's nothing really new. Um, I also like the Yotes, just per like just an all purple jersey with the desert. I think that's like wild and crazy. And then the Minnesota North Stars colors on the wild. Yeah, very nice. A little subway. It looks a little bit like a subway jersey, but nonetheless, it is a very good-looking jersey. Which one? The, the wild. It looks just like Oh, a, the wild? The, yeah. yeah. Somebody put a subway logo next to it, and I can't yeah. stop thinking about it. But that is my little brother's favorite jersey, and I think it is a very good jersey. I just like the North uh, North Star colors. I also really like uh, Dallas's jerseys. Really, the all white. I like them more than the neon green ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I think Calgary with the all. I think I think Calgary with the all blacks pretty cool yeah, too. Yeah, Calgary. Yes, because that that's one of those third jersey logos that were. On uh, they, that they were in like the early two thousands, and now they brought it back. It's sweet. Yeah, very neat. And they just went all black, which I think rather just going black shoulder pads. Because I'm glad they got rid of the black shoulder pads on their normal jerseys and just going back to the all red. And now they're like, well, screw it, we'll just bring out a whole all black. Yeah, very cool. 
Very cool. All right, Tom. I'm going to change it. My favorite is... Uh, bless you. Bless you. Uh, I was going to say my favorite is the Ducks. My favorite's the Ducks just because they went so crazy and actually took this serious. But the best one I will give uh, to, uh, what did I say? The Kings. The best one's the Kings. My favorite's the Ducks. Nice. Big L.A. guy. Um, Real quickly, speaking of the Ducks, though, new Ducks movie trailer. You had some thoughts on it. It looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. It you looks know so it'll be bad. Worthy, man. You know it will be bad, but it I, looks so. Uh, but but a pre congratulations to Coach Bombay. Haven't even seen the movie yet, but a pre congratulations to Coach Bombay for bagging yet another hockey mom. I mean, it's his go to. It's his go to play. He a dump and change for him is just bagging another hockey mom. <laughs> All right, that does it. We'll kick it over to Luke Greenlobber, and uh, yeah, let's get it going. Let's do it right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hockey Dudes podcast. We are bringing on uh, our guest here. He's the third overall guest we've ever had on the show. So we've had two other dudes before. He is the third. Talked about. I've talked to him about coming on for a while, and now he's hopping on. He has a vested interest in the Blue Jackets, but a primary interest in the crew. And he was a college football athlete and does partake in a little college football and NFL viewing. Uh, Luke, did I cover all the sports that you like to watch? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty good. I I watch uh, some basketball here and there as well. So (laughs) I guess that's you, you hit it right on the head there. Are you more of a college basketball or an NBA basketball guy? Oh, big college basketball. I could never watch NBA basketball. I think it's so boring. NBA regular season, yes, I agree with you. It's just it doesn't do it for me. I I might turn on the Christmas Day game. Like, that literally might be as far as the extent (laughs) of regular season basketball I watch NBA-wise. I I do agree with you. College basketball is great. Buckeyes got a huge win against Notre Dame earlier. Oh, that was great. It's always fun. The Buckeyes, it's crazy how good the Big Ten is, though, in college basketball. Like, They'll do so well in the non-conference. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be ACC teams. The Buckeyes do great. And then they go on to the Big Ten, and then they just falter apart. But Luke. Yeah. Bro, so you played first. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, you being a beast at punter at Otterbein? <laughs> yeah, we can start there. Absolutely. I played. Uh, I was the punter at Otterbein University, Division Three school. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, two years starter there, had a good time. I went to a, a, a senior bowl there, which was a really good time, and That's I was so awesome. all conference. So, you know, I, I can't really complain. I, I never really had that much stress on me, you know. So, <laughs> you got your highlights here on uh, Huddle if you want to look them up. Luke Greenlobber, just look up the name that's in the profile i'm looking at one here against wilmington college is this just a bomb i think most of those are either bombs or i think wilmington had a lot of pins against them oh it's a we got an ad playing that's ridiculous can you hear the ad (laughs) i can't even hear it but yeah i mean i think the best part was just being able to mess around and kind of be more of a free spirit because you know as a special teams player you don't get much credit and people kind of you know, 
don't really care that much until it's fourth down. So it was good to just kind of, you know, mess around on the sideline for four years and, you know, have a good time while I was in college. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's good. And uh, you did, uh, of all the Zeta men, we were obviously in the same fraternity. If you've, you know, know me and have heard me talk about Luke or you know Luke. And you were the most successful Otterbein football player that we had in our chapter. I mean, <laughs> not even close. Like, this guy was out here accomplishing stuff every day, every Sunday after your guys' football games, Otterbein would post, like, a graphic. And I assume Daup was the one that made the graphics. I We had him on the radio, Cavus radio show one time, and we asked him, we were like, who makes the graphics? And he's like, oh, I do, I do. And we're like... <laughs> We were getting ready to roast how good they were, so we had to quickly turn around and compliment them, but he just deep fries his pictures like nobody else. But he got a lot better near the end, and we would see graphics of your stats, like three pins within like 10-yard line, and you knew that he was getting all the action as the punter because the offense was not so so great. Is that yeah, is we, that right? We had a uh, a quarterback that got injured early, and then we had a starting, just an incoming freshman, 18 years old, that had to kind of lead the ship there for my senior year. So, I it was it was interesting because I got a lot of uh, action, <laughs> and there was a lot of spotlight on me, which was weird. But yeah, you're right. And I think it was Coach D'Amico that was the he was the offensive coordinator. He kind of dabbled in that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can call it. Uh, graphic video graphic stuff but he he wasn't the best at it he he could we had a ga that did it as well and he he ended up leaving so you know you you only get so much when you're at a d3 school but i loved my time there and we did everything we could so one of my favorite things about otterbein is that every person does their absolute best job to make you feel like you're a part of something bigger than what it actually is. And I mean that in like a very, very nice way. Like I remember when I was doing like radio stuff there, like it just, everybody worked so hard around the radio team and around the TV team that it was, it felt bigger and more important than what it was. And it was great to be a part of. And I feel that way with the football team. Uh, So many of these coaches pour in their like, all they got into it and that's why you see coaches doing the extra part you know because it is d3 so you don't have interns that are running social media teams like you got to do extra work absolutely did you feel like that yeah and and, uh you know piggybacking off of that those guys worked incredibly hard and they had to wear a lot of different hats because when you go to a bigger school you probably don't realize this but a lot of that is just straight coaching all it is just watching film and you just talk to your players and that there's not much else there when you, when you get to the bigger schools. But then when, when you're at a, a D three school, you got to do everything. You got to do the recruiting. You got to do all the graphics. You got to do all the calling. You got to go to the schools. You know, you're wearing a lot of hats and, and sometimes there's even coaches that do like two or two or three different things. Like some guys were, he was a special teams coach and he could have been like an offensive line coach and maybe one or two other things, you know? And it's, it's interesting. Cause that's, that's where um, a lot of experience can be made if you're if you're just trying to you know get better, grind it out at the D three level, and then you know earn your way up from there. So 
Yeah, no, and, and and it's cool that you got to. Where did you go? Was it in? It was in Florida, right? That you went for that All Star game, or was that in Myrtle Beach? Myrtle Beach, yeah, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. That's so awesome. Was that during a? And that was probably what, like in December too. You got that trip? Yeah, I, I think it was around this time actually. Like maybe the uh, the week before Christmas, I think was what it was. And then we were already out of school, and I. And I went down there, and we all stayed at a hotel. It was pretty good. Another guy on the other buying team, Winston Spiker, played in that game. He's He looks like a Viking, that guy. I did love you, him to death. Did you guys just stick together the whole time? Too? Like, Did you guys room together and whatnot? Like, how, how many days were you down there? Like, What was that like? We were down there for, I think, three or four days. Yeah, three or four days. He was actually on the other team, which was really weird. I think they... <laughs> They had a couple guys that that bailed out, or there was a guy from, I think, Mount Union that was going to play line, and he obviously was playing in the championship game, the Division Three National Championship, so he couldn't be there. And so he was on the other team. I played for the North team, which was pretty cool. You know, you get to play with guys from, I think I played with a guy from, a couple guys from New York for sure, a couple guys from Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. So it was good. it was good to play with those guys. You know, they're a little... Uh, they have a little more Canadian accent because they're a little, a little more north than me. So it was fun to see that. They loved ice fishing. <laughs> Got to learn about ice fishing. That's so. so awesome, man. I mean, I it just like not only do you become proud like to be an Otterbein Cardinal when, I, when you see, you know, two guys representing Otterbein at a game like that, but also you're literally my little and I look at you in my fraternity. I'm like, I raised him. I, all that's all me. <laughs> I credit everything that he is. That's that's on me, guys. I picked him. So right there, that's, absolutely. That's what that is. You might as well just Photoshop my face over that man because I'm the one that that got him. Now, well, let me ask you this: Did you get to keep? You got to keep the jersey, I assume. I do. I do have the jersey. Yep. Okay, and I'm seeing Winston and David Barnett, this guy that played for Capital, were on the South team, and you were on the North team. Now, right, did, right, they did right. they just randomize it once you're down there? Like, it's not, yeah. like, actually by where your geographical location is for school. They just randomize it? I think it was, it was like, they needed a couple of players from the, for the South team. Oh, so I think okay. Dave Barnett was, they needed a wide receiver, too. That man was a beast. I think he has, like, all the records at Capitol now. I mean, kudos to him. So. And you're wearing the North jersey, too. And I like the North jersey more than the South jersey. I do too. Because the North Jersey, like just the blue and white's just pretty clean and you that was those were your colors in high school. They were. Whetstone Braves. Anyone watching from Columbus, Columbus City Schools? <laughs> Navy now, and White. So. Now I scroll down on your Instagram real quick. We'll talk one more punning question here. And the celebration of you hitting a somewhat of a some sort I can't tell if it's a baseball swing or a golf swing or a tennis hit like your feet are planted together on the 40 yard line after you punt one within the five and you do some sort of upward motion and I don't know what sport you're doing here I so I'm not a golfer I'll put that out there first um I did practice my celebrations a lot with a lot of my free time I had during practice so I got a little excited after that one. I put that one down on the in, inside the five, maybe like the one or the two. And <laughs> I, I thought I got off the field and you couldn't see me. So it, it wasn't going to um, show it on the film. 
but I am. I'm sitting there right on the the uh, the sideline, and I'm swinging, and I tried to do a golf swing, you know, hitting the driver. I'm not the best. My feet were together, so that's bad. Maybe I was trying to putt one, but I swung too hard. I don't know. So that was that was the story on that one. That was I got chewed out for that. Yeah. Very very bad. I was. <laughs> you get chewed out for that. That's unbelievable. Now I think punters should be able to have fun, but also this is a horrible form if this is a golf swing. <laughs> We'll have to go out and you'll have to teach me some, Hayden. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not, I was never cool enough to get to celebrate in a college football game. I never did anything cool enough, so I, I can't really talk. But look, this is a horrible form. And also, you're swinging it right into Coach Daup's face. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was uh, very quick. That was my first celebration on the year. So I, <laughs> I had to adapt from that one. I, I got off the, uh, the field and then did a couple of different celebrations which were a little bit better than that one so did you, did you have a feeling you were going to get chewed out before you did it <laughs> well yeah i did there was um because i i like to mess around and when i hit a bomb in practice i usually do uh a pretty sweet signature celebration and then there's always a look or two or some coach says something so then i was thinking well it's a uh, you know if it happens to the game it's gonna happen in the game i'm, I'm you know, we're we're I'm the only punter on the team that's you know really bombing right now. So if they take me out, we're kind of screwed. With again saying that our offense wasn't the best with our new freshman quarterback and things getting you know changed around. So now I think uh, if if you knew the coach was going to be mad that you were going to do this, I <laughs> would like to think you would have gone a little bit more out and at least whacked it towards their sideline. <laughs> you know yeah that's a good point or were you, I think it, or were you tossing it up to your crowd ball. were you tossing it were you were you hitting the ball up you know to the crowd like you just doing it you just this it was, was right it was, yeah it's more for the bench usually the bench guys uh hi, hi, yeah, get so you hype up more yeah get me hyped up because i you know i talked to them for the whole time so they're they're always like you gotta go go in and do this celebration when you hit this one <laughs> so then so then sometimes I'm thinking too much about the celebration and then I'm like getting out there and I'm not even thinking about putting. So And so after this, after school, you did your internship with the Miami Redhawks. I did, yep. So I had a I had an internship in Columbus too at Donscoff Strength Conditioning. We can circle back on that. I work there now, more of a hockey um hockey focused gym. Work with a lot of hockey players there. But I also got to work with the the hockey strength coach at Miami University, and I got to see his facility and their great um, arena that they got there. They have a pretty great, amazing setup they have there at Miami. And I got to work a lot with the football team there as well, so that was great. No, their arena is super nice. I believe it is uh, – is it – it's not the Goggin Ice Center. No, that doesn't seem right. Yep, yep, that's not, Yep, that's what it is. The is Goggin that their Ice Is that their home arena? Yep. Yeah, very cool. Okay, now I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, it yeah, is a. It's beautiful. It is. It is very gorgeous, and I think a lot of times people forget how good some of these other schools have it with these college hockey arenas are just amazing. Like Michigan has a great one. Notre Dame has probably the best one I've ever seen. But Miami. Oh, yeah. 
Miami's a spectacular. Now there's looks like there's like windows and stuff. I've never actually been. I've it's always really wanted nice. to go. It's it's got a it's like double decker. So they got the the first all the way down to the uh, to the ice, and then they have a second deck where you can go up. And then on the other side is where all the the coaches the coaches offices are and they have windows that go right down to the ice. It's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable what they did to that arena there. And so now you work for Don Scoff too. Like you said, you interned there. You still do work there, correct? Yep. Yep. I'm working there currently. Yep. It's a great job. Uh, Anthony Don Scoff, he's the head strength conditioning coach there. He's, he was a minor league hockey uh, professional. And then after that, he, began his career here in Columbus where I think most of you might know Paul Donskoff. He is the father of Anthony. He just passed away. Um, and he was a great man. He did a lot for Columbus, especially for the hockey in Columbus. Cause when he started 30 years ago, he was on board with the blue jackets, triple a association. And he was starting to try to get more active in that and getting more, you know, arenas and ice, places in Columbus and you know he's done a great job of that they started out what they've told me is they started out with 90 kids and I think 1980 I think when he when they were starting to, to get things going they started with 90 kids and now obviously you know there's every type of triple a double a single a teams in Columbus and you've got everything you can think of there's like four different ice places so you know they've really done a lot since that time where they came so yeah, speaking of Paul Donskov, he passed away earlier this year in April, and uh, he leaves behind a legacy scholarship, the Paul Donskov Legacy Scholarship, which uh, is teamed up with the Columbus Blue Jackets Foundation. They give out that award to graduating seniors um, and you know gives them a chance to go on and uh, have some school played for, and I assume the, that that's for obviously hockey players who – have dreams and aspirations of going on and playing college hockey. But yeah, Paul Donskoff, look him up. He is a legend. Everything that you said, he started the Ohio triple a blue jackets, or at least he was, you know, uh, a, a pioneer and uh, yeah. one of the main leaders in starting that organization, which has groomed quite a few professional blue jackets and a couple that you work with the Sherwoods, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The Sherwood boys, um, Cole and Kiefer, Cole, actually, you know, obviously he played for the Blue Jackets. Um, Kiefer is now with the Colorado Avalanche. Cole Castles, you might have heard of him as well. He plays in the American League, and he's from Columbus. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just a handful of guys. I know there's a lot of guys in college right now that have come through the AAA organization and are playing at various different places. So, they, you haven't had any Blue Jackets back there since, like, the summer, right? Like, there was uh, quite a few guys, or not even since the summer, since before the – well, yeah, since the summer, I guess, before the yeah. training camp started for the bubble games, you had some guys That's working right. out there. And now nobody's been working out there. Well, at least none of the Blue Jackets have because they are all went back home and there's COVID restrictions, right? What, what are you hearing as far as when those guys plan on getting back in the gym and – if they do get back in the gym, will that be once the training camp starts with, with their team? Yeah, so they, they're wrapping up right now, most of those guys. And a lot of the Blue Jackets are, from what I've heard, are back in town because they're getting back into the swing of things. I know 
um, that most of the places are starting early January is what I'm what I've been told. Early January is when I think things are really uh, getting the gears going and, and starting with everything. But yeah, I know that with the summer I worked with um, Dubois a little bit and Merzinkless as well. They they came in in the summer and it was more of us. They had their own protocols because the Blue Jackets facilities weren't open because of COVID and they had a lot of restrictions. The NHL did. So there was a limited amount of people that could be in their gym. So we, we let them come in between our, our hours of training so they could get in their protocols. And we were, we were there kind of just, you know, um, being nice to them, asking them if they needed anything like things like that. Cause they, they were doing their own thing. So, and they, they were great guys. Very nice. Dubois is probably one of the nicest guys. You know, he was very down to earth and, you know, wanted to know your name and was, was super nice right towards the end when he was leaving. And, and I really hope they sign him again. And Merzinkless the same. So big tennis player Dubois, right? Yeah. Big tennis player. He's, he was, that's all he talked about when he was in. So. All right. Now let's talk about this game transitioning into this game tonight. Hopefully people are listening to this before or after getting the perspective of what a big crew soccer fan feels like before. Now, let me tell you this. I personally have an attachment with the crew because so many things. I love Mop Free Stadium. I've always thought of it as a great park to go watch games. Um, sometimes head-to-head, like I would choose a Columbus Crew game over a Columbus Clippers game every day like in the summer just because like the crew to me like the top league of soccer in the united states like that's 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 a huge deal the crew have always been one of those like og teams kind of like i guess veered as like an original six team really in hockey that's what the crew is to the mls um and they've won one mls cup before back in 2008 um i remember Everybody being excited for the crew back then, that kind of felt right because the crew were the original team. And I believe, was that the first MLS Cup they played? It was, yep. And um, it was with a couple of the, you know, we had a really good team back then. Frankie Hayduk, he's a spokesman now for the crew. I mean, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. One of the greatest that ever played, the Blue Jackets. And that's just one guy. I mean, the the whole starting 11 there were unbelievable you know hand-picked and a lot like the team we have now where especially Zeller Ion is a guy that we picked up for a lot of money and he's he's a guy that is just unbelievable right now and what really stinks is there's two guys that just contracted COVID in the past week our starters Pedro Santos and um, Darlington Nagby and those guys are a huge difference maker on our team you know we picked up Nagby this past season and he's won I think two or three championships or cups with other teams and he hates Seattle and it, it would have been really great to have him play this week so I mean it'll it'll be a, a take back but I think there's so much energy right now in Columbus and it's it's really nice to see with Caleb Porter the the head coach he's doing so much right now for them and he's pretty fiery and it's and it's great to see him you know come out and and just be be fired be wired with the team be wired with the other team sometimes you know and and it's great to see so i think that the team feeds off of that and they're going to be really ready to go last game in Montfrey ever 
I think, because we're starting the new next summer. We're starting at the new place downtown. That's going to be unbelievable. So no, I can't. Believe it. So to recorrect you on that, uh, it is the last playoff game ever at map free because yeah. they will play a few games, I believe, because they're not going to open the new stadium till July. So they actually will do a mid season switch over. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about Zella Rayon. I, I, so many things that you just mentioned, but Zella Rayon, a guy that the crew picked up this off season, he comes over from a, a team in Mexico, the, uh, the Tigers. Which yeah. Love the tie. Love the, always loved the Tigers look just a blue and orange. Just, it's just a good look for a team named the Tigers. Okay. Uh, he comes over and you love to see that. You love to see guys, getting a job promotion or at least like that's what they decide to do. Like they decide to go sign in MLS instead of playing in the Mexican league. That's a, that's a good sign that things are turning in the right direction for United States soccer and the United States top league. And Lucas Zellerian is playing here. He lit it up all year. He absolutely was a huge part of this team going from uh, bad last year to now competing in the MLS cup. But the crew have had to win games without him you know, for various reasons throughout these playoffs, they've now they're down Darlington Nagby and Pedro Santos tonight. Is that confirmed from the light? Yeah, it should be confirmed. Um, I've, I mean, I've been all over it. So I, I, I know that for sure. Those two guys are out. Hopefully Eloy or yeah, Eloy room. He was our goalkeeper. He's been out with COVID for the past couple weeks and we've had our backup goalkeeper and he's the goalkeeper. And I think there's talks about who we're going to bring in now because obviously the backup's been playing very well. And now it's kind of one of those things where are we going to bring in that guy that was the starter and have him keep going? Or are we going to have the guy that has all the momentum with the team? You know, because the goalkeeper is a big position. He's one of the captains on the field. So I think we'll have a, a final uh, outcome right before kickoff. We'll probably figure out who's who's starting there. But. And it was unbelievable, too, by the way, that the crew are getting to play this game at home. It was crucial. Everybody was talking about it. I'm sure if you tuned into Inside the Crew that goes on 97.1 The Fan or you had been listening to the crew game broadcast, which is another reason why I have an intimate relationship with the crew is because I ran about <laughs> at least more than half their games this year on the radio, so I was always listening to them. Uh, Chris Dorn does an absolute great job calling play-by-play. -play. Listen to him tonight. Uh, game starts at 8 o'clock. Pre-game with him starts at 7.30. And then T-Bone, actually, who's a big crew fan, is coming on at 7 o'clock before the game. But nonetheless, it was huge that the crew got this home MLS Cup final match because they are a completely different team on the road. Absolute, absolute butt cheeks. Luke, they were 0-5 and 5. Five losses and five draws on the road. And then they were 9-1 and at home. Like, what? what is with this team and when they travel on the road? I, it must be something with, with travel and, and how they, they set up and approach the game. Because, I mean, obviously with COVID, everything's way different. There's no fans or anything. I guess you, you definitely get a more home atmosphere with the crew. With um, There's a big section at the crew stadium. It's called the Nordecky or the Nordeck. And all the there's always, like, hundreds of people in there. And even now they all have all the drums and the, and the, the chants and the crew songs. So, I mean, that's got to be something that, you know, they think about, they hear, especially on the pitch. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm very happy that it's home because I don't know how this would go in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, in Seattle, speaking of Seattle, their opponent, by the way, has been making a name for themselves. They've they've really risen to the top as that uh, cons- most consistent team in the postseason. They've been to four of the last five MLS Cups. They are the defending cup champions in the Seattle Saunders. And now, now here they are again. This time they got to go on the road. Last year they beat Toronto FC. They avenged their loss that they had in 2016 against Toronto FC. Um, but... Or no, excuse me. They lost in 20... No, they won in 2016 against yeah. Toronto FC in Toronto. And then 2017, they lost. And then yeah. they won last year against Toronto FC 3-1. to one. So their last three trips, they have played Toronto FC. And now they here they are playing the crew. Are you nervous with the fact that Columbus... None of these guys have been to an MLS Cup, right? Other than Caleb Porter, he's actually coached in an MLS Cup, correct, with with Portland? That's right. So the last time that the crew went to the Cup in 2015, Caleb Porter was he was the coach for Portland, and we played Portland at Matt Free Stadium. That's right. They scored two goals in the first, like, 20 minutes of that game. It was awful. It, It was terrible. Oh, yeah, and I think the crew was favored in that game, too. The attendance was like a record-setting attendance for Crew Stadium back then, and, oh, unbelievable loss that was. That one was a kick in the balls. Yeah, it sure was. It sure was. I, I think about that all the time, but I'm I'm happy that we've taken their coach, you know, and he's he's done an out, uh, amazing job. We The thing is, it has, that's been great is we picked up a new uh, president-slash-general manager, and he's done a lot to pick up amazing players the past year and a half, two years. And so a lot of the guys that I used to love, like Will Trapp, um, Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen was a goalkeeper. Yeah, Will he's Trapp. playing with uh, Manchester City? Yeah, I think, yep, Man, Man City. Yep. And he's doing an amazing job out there. He's, he's the United States uh, starting goalkeeper as well. And, you know, he, he did an amazing job. Oh, my gosh. He was the reason. He was our whole team. He was, and he, he moved on to bigger, better things. I can't, you know, I can't knock him for that. So, it, it was one of those things where we had to say goodbye to a uh, a Columbus native and Will Trap, and he's played in Columbus for years. He he was raised in Gahanna, and you know, you can't you can't knock him either because you know he's done so many great things for Columbus and you know, especially the community as well. So, that's no, very good. Very excited for the crew tonight. I can only imagine the atmosphere if they were allowing fans because i've been trying to get into the parking lot like i've been calling Matt free and saying like hey like can i just like tailgate in the parking lot and they're like no like you can't do that dude so, i've been kind of bummed about that but well they're letting fans at game they are letting fans there i know i but the the ticket goes with like the uh, parking ticket and like so I would have to like try to buy a ticket and I've already tried to buy a ticket and I can't. How much so, are they? Did you know? I they were upwards I think of two fifty to five hundred dollars yeah. I think for a single ticket, but that was only for season ticket holders. So if I was a, uh, man, if I was a season ticket holder, I would be. I'd be livid. But. Mackenzie and I have talked about getting season tickets once they open up the new stadium down here because I just yeah. think I, her and I like going to crew games, 
but with the new stadium, it's going to completely change, I think, how fans experience crew games because think about how many people, how cool it was to start going to Clippers games once they opened Huntington Park. Yeah. Like, do you remember anybody being like, ooh, got to go check out the Clippers tonight or even being excited about going and seeing a Clippers game unless you were a hardcore baseball fan when they played at Cooper Stadium? Like, no. <laughs> Like, no, everything completely changed when they moved to Huntington Park and the Arena District. Uh, crew games to a lot of casual sports goers and casual sports fans have already been fun because it is MLS. It is not It is not like a, a minor league sport. So because it's the top league, it's already exciting for that matter. And now they're moving way downtown. Those games are going to be electric, man. Yeah. I think that first year you're going to see attendance triple, even like four times as much. Oh, I'm so excited. And it just, the renderings look so cool, dude. So cool. Could you imagine a night or a day where they were doing some, where some sort of overlap happened where it was like blue jackets game, or, or I guess the order would probably go like, Crew game at like noon, Clippers game at like three thirty, Blue Jackets game at seven. <laughs> when that happens, you better call me and we're gonna take a, a day of it. All right. Stadium imagine stadium hopping the arena district. <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh. Just parlaying every game and just being like, Let's go. Oh, that's great, Luke. Luke, thank you f- so much for coming on, man. We ran for half an hour here, so that was that was awesome. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, putting me on and letting me, <laughs> I guess, talk shop here for a minute. How are you going to take in the crew game tonight? What's the plans? For now, I think I'm going to watch it with my girlfriend, maybe bring in uh, a couple of the uh, the boys you know who might watch it here and then maybe go to Roosters or something, something casual probably. And then, I mean, when they win, I mean, who knows, I might – freak out and go downtown but i mean i don't know <laughs> we'll i'm text i'm gonna be texting you all night man i'm gonna be <laughs> locked in on this one uh no buckeye game today obviously even if there was a big college football i don't even know what college football games are tonight because i've been so locked in on the crew going on tonight it's the mls cup it's happening here in columbus it's a special day and hopefully it's a championship saturday all right oh uh, hopefully fingers crossed here